on the dance floor She had two, three drinks, now she twerking She throw it out and come back in That's my best friend She a real bad bitch, drive her own car She don't need no lift in a strip club Know my girl gon' tip, now she twerking She throw it out and come back in Now my best friend, if you need a freak I ain't dumb but motherfucker, she my Tweedledee If she ride for me, she don't need a key If you sideways, she straighten you if need a be And she's so bad that I just can't take that bitch nowhere She off her fish, I said, mm-mm, don't go there Bitch, break her back, she protect and attack Get that strap, let them buckle, foot on neck, give no air Whole world wanna be us Then my main bitch, she Monday one On my way, bitch, let you get drunk Let's celebrate, cause we the baddest in the club That's my best friend She a real bad bitch, got her own money She don't need no nigga on the dance floor She had two, three drinks, now she twerking She throw it out and call Back in. That's my best friend. She a real bad bitch, drive her own car. She don't need no lift in a strip club. No, my girl gon' tip. Now she twerking. She throw it out and come back in. Best friend, you the baddest and you know it. Uh-oh, girl, I think our booty growing. Fuck it up, in the mirror, hit them poses. Best friends and you motherfucking glowing. Best friends and your wrist is like it's frozen. Uh-oh, girl, I think our booty growing. Fuck it up, in the mirror, hit them poses. Best friend, you my motherfucking soulmate. Hi, everybody. Hi, y'all. So I am going to introduce Bernie to the space. Um, <laughs> um, so I think we got really awesome questions from everybody. So wanted to say thanks for everybody. Um, a lot of you were really vulnerable in your questions. So I wanted to honor that and thank you. And hopefully um, we try to create something that fits into the time that answers a lot of the questions. Um, so, but first we're going to do a check-in with Bernie. Hi, hey, y'all. Bernie. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Cool. Hey, y'all. Um, this is so exciting. I have, I know some of you, but I actually don't know a lot of y'all, which is so cool. And we have never, we kind of did this on the fly. And each of us <clears throat> and Woke Woke Docs is going to do our own special episode. So feel free to, in the chat, we want to also build community. Who are you? So your name, your pronouns, um, your location, indigenous territory, and then, um, yeah, your intention for being here. And how am I doing? How's my heart today? I'm, I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to talk to Nicole. I haven't seen Nicole in forever. <laughs> Nicole's been scooting around the hospital, <laughs> literally, y'all. So um, I'm so I'm really I was really happy to catch up with Nicole beforehand, um, and I'm glad to have a show that yay hi Monica, <laughs> how are you Nicole? How's your heart? I'm good. I yeah also really thankful to, for the time that we made to to share what's going on in our lives. Um, I am finishing up my clerkship year at UCSF and it's been, I've broken two bones um, <laughs> this whole year. And I think I like only sprained something before. So it's been a, a journey, um, but I'm really happy to be here and really happy for the wisdom you're going to share that you've ac accumulated during this journey with people that are really asking deep questions and are feeling a little lost. So I am excited for this conversation. Yeah, thank you. And I, I also just want to 
I'm always like, so it's wild because I'm sure if we like listen to this, that we started Woke Woke Docs in like 2018. Like we were completely different people. Like <laughs> for real, like I, I think I like was gonna, I was gonna listen to that first episode, podcast episode with Monica who's here. And I had to stop because I was like, oh, this is a lot. This is a lot. <laughs> We're completely different people. And um, I was sharing with Nicole and um, some of y'all who have been listening. I think this is one of my last episodes um, with the series just because I feel with everything going on in my life and transitions and um, this new chapter with Freedom Community Clinic um, and my own healing journey, I feel like, yeah, it's time for me to... Uh, for this chapter to just conclude and maybe we pass it on. We're just kind of, you know, we go with the flow. Um, so if any of y'all are also interested in doing more work with us as a podcast, we're super excited. <clears throat> so um, I love seeing all of these in the chat. Yes, y'all were y'all are really like everywhere. So I really appreciate it. I love what med Twitter and all these little things these communities have really um, brought to, to medicine and, and the dialogue as well. And so I'm just gonna go, go off for a little bit and talk more about, <laughs> talk more about um, my journey and why I decided to do this episode and this big recent decision um, that I had announced publicly in March that I would not go to residency after medical school. I'll, I'll be graduating from UCSF School of Medicine in May, 2022. And um, why I decided that, and actually the process into it, I had been actually thinking about it for years and um, why this pivot is really because of our work here in Oakland and in the Bay with Freedom Community Clinic, which is really envisioning whole person healing for our communities that integrates the strengths of ancestral indigenous healing with the strengths of Western medicine and why I believe that my role um, in this lifetime at this time is to take on that leadership and bring all of my gifts and my talents to that role and how it all, yeah, how it all works. So that's kind of the overview. And also, um, also saw all of y'all's questions. So we'll do my very best to touch on them a little bit. But I was like, I don't want to <laughs> share like my whole life story, but I do want to, you know, really honor that um, for me, this work and for me going into medicine, my intention has always been to be a healer um, for my community and to um, utilize my talents as what I, I always describe myself as a creator and a healer and a warrior. And whenever someone asks is like, who are you? Um, yeah, like introduce yourself. I always um, introduce myself with those three words as a creator, a healer, and a warrior, because that is my true essence. Like that's really what drives me every single day. And that's what I believe that I'm here to do on this earth. So um, me going into medical school was a very intentional decision. And <clears throat> I had talked about this in past episodes with the Woke Woke Docs podcast, but it's very personal, you know, it comes from coming from a family of Filipino and Tucson immigrants growing up in the outside of LA in the ethnic suburbs in the Filipino Mexican immigrant neighborhood. 
and no one would go to the hospital. Like no one would trust the doctor. And my mom had a lot of significant health issues of which she had to undergo a very serious procedure without her consent when I was younger. And that completely traumatized her in accessing the medical system. And to this day, even if I'm in medical school, like she's not going to the doctor. Um, And I was like, what? Like, this is our health system. Like how, what, then who are we going to go to? And so that really confused me because I was like, then where do we go? And they actually realized that the reality is that black and brown and immigrant communities and women like my mother, like we, they have created their own methods of healing and survival um, because this medical system has had a history of so much violence and trauma against black, brown and immigrant people. Like my mom's story is not isolated. Like this is actually the truth of so many women, so many families of minoritized backgrounds. And so my mother it found her healing through spirituality and through massage therapy and through acupuncture <clears throat> and through her own prayer and meditation. And I saw that heal her body and heal herself emotionally in ways that like the doctor and that surgeon could never, like they could never. And I was in awe of that. Um, and y'all can still hear me? So with that, I came into medical school with the intention to ask, you know, can I make this system better? What are, why, why was that trauma existing? And um, I had began medical school. I came from a background of um, biological anthropology and women's studies, as well as ethnic studies and African-American studies at Harvard, and then had a Fulbright year. And yeah, I had come with that intention. I'm like, okay, I really want to understand the language of medicine. And as I, and now enroll, and now in my final year, I basically enrolled in the five-year program at Berkeley and UCSF that has a master's. And I'm also part of the prime program, which is uh, with a cool group of students as well, who are committed to, um, having the urban underserved, quote unquote, um, at the center of their medical education. So I, I, I was really part of all of these different, you know, social just, we're in the Bay, we're at Berkeley, we're at Prime, like, cool. Like, okay, I think maybe we can find different ways of which can make medicine better. But I'm gonna be real with y'all, like the past four or five years have been some of the most shocking um, for me personally to realize like how deeply violent, how deeply like resistant to change this medical system is. And it goes so deep and there are so many different ways. Um, But for me, like it was anything from preclinically, like we would learn that black and brown people were assessed differently. We should think of them differently. They had inherent biological differences. This would change how they would get like diagnosis and treatment, I would see it in all the study aids and all the guides, how people would say, oh, like Hispanic people will get this or black people will get this. I'm like, wait, what? Like it's, it was, and it wasn't that like racism was being drawn on as factors of why inequities were existing, but people thought that they had a biological difference. And so that's why some of y'all know the Institute for Healing and Justice and Medicine, which we 
co-founded and then um, creating that report, which now kidney function, the racism and the kidney function algorithm is now gone. Okay, that's another one. <laughs> but, you know, that was wild for me learning preclinically because I was like, oh, wow, already there are inherent, like there's so much that's not being challenged in the preclinical education. But then I think most importantly, like I could feel myself just being so exhausted every single day. And it wasn't even really like the material or the, I love my, I love patients. I love interacting with people, but it was really like the bureaucracies of the hospital or seeing how people would be so exhausted from 80 hour work weeks. Like they would just treat patients in ways that like were unacceptable or ignore their pain. Um, and I personally, especially last year, and I think in a couple of weeks, I celebrate my anniversary of a breakdown I had <laughs> in uh, one of the gynecology OR rooms, um, the operating rooms, because a resident had yelled at me because I was taking a 10 minute break between six hour surgeries to just like eat a sandwich, you know? And um, I realized like this type of trauma um, and this mistreatment of workers is generational and it is it has occurred since the very beginning and I could no longer yeah I could no longer take that um I'm just gonna mute real quick okay cool and then um as I was you know having those different um experiences in the hospitals and troubles with administration I had a lot of um, unfortunate disagreements with people about equity and racism and justice that were doing, that was taking a lot of my time outside of school. I had founded Freedom Community Clinic, and this was really out of a, it was a creation that came out of this desire to be like, no, there's more, like, there's, there's more to this education than seeing a person as a collection of risk factors. Like in medicine, inherently, we always ask like, oh, what are your risk factors? How does, this, how does that contribute to a person's disease? And I'm like, wow, actually, you know, medicine in that concept is fear-based. Like it centers risk and disease. And I knew that from my mother and from my own healing journey, I was like, people are so much more than their trauma. People are so much more than their disease. I want to create a movement and help facilitate a movement that centers that. And that's exactly what Freedom Community Clinic has evolved to, which is a community health movement that centers each person's inherent healing because we do believe that if we equipped people with the power and the tools and the space and the time to rest and to heal and to address traumas and insecurities and childhood, adverse childhood events that people can really be their healthiest selves. And so um, I started Freedom Community Clinic in 2019 and it was really me. And I was like on, um, I was like down the street. It was like a local thing with Oakland youth who had big ideas. And then um, I found our team, which is now this amazing team of seven. We're all women, gender non-conforming people of color. I represent the medicine side, but I also practice Reiki and meditation and yoga. We also have um, people who do acu, we have an acupuncturist, we have herbalists, we have um, people in public health research, health education specialists. 
um, and people from the community. So we're all organizing basically. And two years later, I'm like, we were really in car trunks and garages, y'all. Like <laughs> we were really doing this on the fly. We would have clinics out in parks in black and brown neighborhoods around Oakland um, and just have like different healers come out for free, including primary care doctors and nurses. And after two years, like we just had our grand opening and we secured a space that we call our community healing sanctuary in downtown Oakland. Thank y'all. And we also have this huge contract with Berkeley now to provide free healing for first gen black, brown um, students of low income. And we also have another location in downtown Oakland. So within, yeah, within two years, we have multiple locations. Um, there are so many exciting things um, coming up too. We just launched a huge thing with foster youth with West Coast Children's Clinic. So it's like, it's going absolutely, I would have never um, imagined that it, it would happen so fast, but I can tell y'all like from the very beginning, like the vision was very clear. The vision for me was very clear that like medicine, the Western medical system um, in its dominance was taking up way too much fucking space. And our healers, our community healers, our black and brown indigenous healers were not getting acknowledged for the healing that they do for our community. And we wanted to bring, we acknowledge that there are strengths in everything, in holistic healing, in the strengths of Western medicine, especially preventative and primary care. And how fucking cool is it? Every single time I'm at a clinic, I'm like, wow, doctors and nurses and healthcare education specialists, physical therapists are all working with massage therapists, acupuncturists, are like they're all together. And I have, I will never, I've never seen that in the hospital done in a way that's equitable and in a way that centers black and brown healing, because um, now we all know like yoga and these wellness and self-care things have been commodified and taken away from our people. And really it's all about bringing these medicines back, about bringing these medicines back to our people because that's what we deserve. So yeah, I feel like that's kind of like the superficial, yeah, thing of the journey. Hopefully that, I'm like, Nicole, how'd I do? You did great, Bernie. Thank I'm going to give you a break so that you can grab something to like just a breath. Thank you. Um, so for everyone else listening, um, maybe let's do some grounding. Um, maybe in the chat, put three things you see around you right now to share with the people, kind of what what's around you. Um, what items you see so I have this trash can I just showed Bernie the show about my growth like I went to college with this trash can it's like a little like designer bag trash can and I mean I've grown a lot thankfully since then but it's nice to see um, I have a painting that I made and my backpack um, so if anyone else has awesome a dog, a cat, a jack-o'-lantern. Wow, that's awesome. Clothing rack, plant, glass of water. <laughs> hey, Monica. <laughs> Love the plant children. Amazing. Aw. How are you feeling, Bernie? I'm feeling good. Okay, yeah. good. Okay, so I think... Um, Maybe, so I think all of this is just to go into a little bit more detail of what you just talked about. 
Um, so lots of people had questions about your decision around residency, and I think you answered a lot of those. Um, I think something that came up a lot is, you know, um, how difficult has it been once you said it that you're not going to go to residency? How difficult has that experience been or has it been difficult at all? Um, and kind of what are alternatives for people to even like think about that kind of made you feel more comfortable in your decision? Yeah, I think that's a, yeah, thank you all for asking those questions because I was like, I know y'all, uh, so many people see me on Twitter and I really just be talking to myself on Twitter. So I appreciate y'all for joining the ride. But all these, you know, these revelations there, they've been, um, hmm, I'm, I was like, I don't know if painful is the word, but um, to like, to realize that, you know, being in the system and I remember I was actually reading beforehand um, around an hour ago, I was reading my journal entry when I had told my parents, um, and I felt the hurt and I felt the pain of, of how difficult that was. And, you know, it's hard, especially first in the family to become a doctor. Um, and my mom had, uh, worked 30 years in LA County Jail my dad had done HR and they're like what like you you don't even have an, a certain path like you just created this thing and like I and I understand that and I think but it was so painful because I knew like I could no longer I couldn't see myself like when I would meditate like I couldn't see myself in residency like I couldn't see myself do nights for three months straight. I couldn't see myself like work a hundred hours a week. Like that's just not Bernie. <laughs> like that's just not me. Like, and so that was really hard because I um I like, yeah, like so many people, I didn't know what it was. And it just seemed like residency was the path. Like it just seems like a very conventional path. And then as I had started things like the Freedom School with you, Nicole, and then with the Freedom Community Clinic and seeing how many people just came to it um, because we loved, we believed in our vision and we loved what we did. And we realized that we could do what we do without the validation of these institutions because we were meeting the people where they're at. I'm like, oh shit, like... <laughs> I really create the future. I create the path that I want to take. Like, I'm like, I'm going to graduate with that MD and I'm a doctor and I'm going to still be alive and do this, like, and be my full self. And for me, um, a lot of my healing journey has been like, I deserve, I deserve to wake up every single day alive. And I know for me, for me, I could not do that in residency. And unfortunately, I, in the current conditions of residency, I'm not, and people are like, oh, but you could do it. It's three years. Oh, I know I could do it. <laughs> I know I could do it. Of course I could do it. But do I want to? And are those the conditions of which I think that I myself can truly thrive and fulfill my life's purpose? Like, no. Like the answer recurringly was no, like that is not what 
I deserve. And I recently tweeted something like, um, so many people who become doctors say this thing of like, oh, this is my ancestors' wildest dreams, especially like first gen and all that stuff. And I'm like, yes. And if my ancestors saw me working nights and I was super depressed and not in my element and not happy and not really going towards the joy that I feel when I'm organizing with Freedom Community Clinic and building and creating, I'm like, that's like, if they see me not in my element and depressed and overworked and exploited, like that's not their dream, regardless of societal status. And um, that's hard. You know, that's hard. It continues to be, um, it's, it's its own difficult journey, creating something really out of nothing. Um, but my energy, like I feel alive every single time I'm at a Freedom Community Clinic event and talking with our team and engaging people who would never otherwise get their blood pressure checked alongside Reiki and energy cleansing. Like that makes me feel alive. And that is my role. Like that is my role at this time in my life. And I'm not saying that doctors, like we need doctors. We need people in the system who are fighting for this. If that is your role and you will feel if that's your role when you, you feel, you know, Nicole, I was like, you know, this, like you, you like feel this like energy that it's such a, it's a joy. It's like a, I feel like a child when I'm creating with, with Freedom Community Clinic. And when we first started the podcast, y'all, funny story aside, I was like, me and Nicole were going through some shit with some <laughs> And that's how Tyrone by Erica Badu came, became like the instrumental to the beginning <laughs> of the podcast. But we just had fun with it, you know? And we, we had never expected that we would have, you know, over a thousand subscribers and all that stuff. I would have never... Except, um, realized how fast the growth would be but we had we had that pure intention from the very beginning I had that pure intention from the very beginning and um, I'm trusting in the in the growth and the abundance that I see thanks Bernie I think the next question kind of gets to what you were just saying um I think people want to know what you're going to, do you know what you're going to use your MD for? Do you know, um, yeah, do you have future plans specifically with the skills learned from medical school? And also I think part of that question is um, what do you think get going to medical school prepared you for versus what other people think it's for? Mm, yeah, I love that. Um yeah, I love this question because I don't regret going to medical school at all. Like, I really feel like the stuff that I learned is invaluable. And I'm really shook at how much we, you know, withhold slash don't make apparent to patients. And we will be revealing all of that <laughs> to patients as we continue this work. Like, now I'm able to speak in medicine and think in medicine in the ways that really advocate for our patients and our communities. And I don't got to do it within the confines of the system necessarily. So getting the MD has always been strategic for me um, because I have, I realized that, you know, it does have societal, um, the way people see it in society 
has this kind of validation. Um, but I do know that, you know, for so many people like that, like my positionality allows so many people to be open to doors of which I will commit to continuing to do. And I feel like that's, yeah, that's the huge thing where it's like the empty is actually super, super, super valuable in how we see things at Freedom Community Clinic. We actually just launched this super dope initiative with West Coast Children's Clinic in Fruitvale, District of Oakland um, for current and former foster youth where we're providing primary care services, therapy, um, uh, case management support with like housing, employment, and also holistic healing services for free, for free <laughs> until age 25. And also, I also want to point out uh, all the people who run hospitals, they're like old white men with like no MDs. So it's like, y'all, we could do whatever we want whenever we want. Like these old white men who run Mass General and Kaiser, like they haven't even gone through the medical education system. So it's like, we are so deserving. I was like, especially to lead our own systems and create our own paths because they've been doing this since the beginning of time. So we have always been worthy. And I'm, I'm finally so excited that I've come to that part of my healing journey where I say that I am worthy of that. And the community I know um, yeah, the communities that we serve, um, they deserve this. They deserve this type of care. Okay, so the next questions are more about um, people that are starting their journey. So people that are pre-medicine or going into medical school. Um, and so do you have, what is your advice? for um, people. I have no idea what I'm pursuing. picking. <laughs> it's like, I was like, there's stuff. For people who are pursuing um, uh, medicine, given everything that you've seen and been through. I really actually love, I think I quoted you today in Prime, Nicole, and I continue to say this answer over and over since you said it, because it really opened my eyes. But it's like, I can, I, as you have said before, um, I cannot ethically recruit people into the field of medicine, especially underrepresented, in quotes, students because of the violence of the medical system of which I feel has still not truly acknowledged how complicit and resistant to change it is. And Y'all, I'm telling you this, we're telling you this from the Bay Area, <laughs> you know, the Bay Area where UCSF sees itself as the social justice med school and <clears throat> they do a lot of great work, but still like our peers, our black and brown peers, um, first gen peers, like it's hard, we're exhausted, we're really tired. It's unacceptable. <laughs> so ethically, I cannot recommend medicine. And I love what you say, Nicole, of like, okay, like if you have already decided that, like we will definitely help you and we're going to connect you with the people in the system, Monica Hahn, who is going to be your homie and really advocate for you and love you and just like give you the support you need because you chose this. We need, we do need doctors, like let's do this. But like for me, you know, my, 
I'm always going back to like, what's my original intention? My original intention is not a career. It's not like I want to be a doctor. Like my original intention is to heal my community. And it's such that like, I haven't found that for myself within this path. So I'm creating, I'm going back to my life intention and doing that with Freedom Community Clinic. And I think that's the thing with all of y'all, which is like learning more about medicine, really talking to people who are intimately connected and real about their experience. Like, is that the path of which you find your role to do your life mission? And is your life mission a career or is it really an intention to give back to this world in your unique ways? So, um, yeah. Amazing. Um, do so. I think something that came through a lot for people is this like self doubt about whether they can even make a change. Um, and so part of that, I think one of the questions was, you know, words of wisdom, books, podcasts, any kind of recommendation for people to be reminded daily of how awesome they are when that self doubt creeps in. Yeah, I was like, I would also love to have you share Nicole of, I was like, I feel like we both entered the healing journey, you know, right <laughs> at the same, at the same time. So I would love for this to be a dialogue too. Um, but I feel like my life changed because I had always done lots of um, activist advocacy um, type work in terms of like justice and equity. I'd done a lot of like women's rights type stuff and it, yeah so and health disparities work so I was like so what shifted within the past few years and I feel like what has inherently shifted for me is I and we had we had learned this from Margot Okazawa Ray who the first recommendation is read the Kumbahi River Collective which is a black feminist statement in I believe the 70s which was the precursor to the word intersectionality. But learning our history with all of the brilliant ancestors and elders before us who you, they realized that we, we can't only know what we're against. You know, we can't only say like we're anti-capitalist, we're anti-racist, and that's so important, you know, to know because these systems are so fucking strong anti-homophobia, all that stuff, anti-imperialism. We can't only know what we're against, we have to know what we're for. And we have to center our work on our creations and our visions and um, realize that when we do a lot of this work that is very much so um, I just think of like all of the times when I was asked to be part of committees or like DEI task forces that would like, we would spend like a year or two making a fucking list of recommendations on trying to convince people, even sometimes like writing that report on the uh, abolishment of biological race, like I'm like, damn, like we're really trying to convince people of our humanity and that's such a fucking distraction. It's such a fucking distraction because I know like I would rather be like planting in my garden and like I would rather be like laughing with my friends and like listening to music and I know all of us would um, and like I was done like trying to convince 
people who were willfully ignorant and I wanted to put effort into creation. And then um, the other thing in terms of like, this just leads to recommendations is that like, I learned that I had to embody the healing and the rest that I was preaching. And that that is fucking hard because <laughs> med students and people at Harvard and just hella people now in this capitalist system, be type A, we're always taught to grind. Um, children of immigrants are taught if you're not working, you're wasting your parents' dreams. Like, so for me, I realized that like, wow, I had to rest. A huge influence for me has been the NAP ministry. Check them out on Twitter and IG. I realized that um, my relationships and the relationship I have with myself appears in the justice work that we do. So like, if I feel insecure or wanting control like that appears in my activism. So I have to address that trauma. So I would, um, I would suggest Emergent Strategy by Adrienne Marie Brown. That's been one of my favorites. Um, and I had just had to, I just had to really heal. So he, and healing for me means like giving my, giving myself time and space to, um, feel my emotions and to like not see blank spaces in my calendar as something that needed to be filled, but actually something that I could just be, you know? And so for me, my daily practices are um, uh, grounding meditations in the morning and the evening. And for me, it's these affirmation cards. Um, what's the one? Louise Hay? Louise Hay affirmation cards look it up go to your local bookstore that I would draw one every single day especially in the beginning of my healing journey that shit would make me cry because I was like do I really you know when I say things like I am worthy I am deserving that takes practice that takes so much in the very beginning like two years ago no I, we I couldn't say that with full confidence I would say that aloud every single morning, like I am worthy of feeling alive every day. Um, and so those affirmation cards and, and yeah, I was like, I would also, I think the other thing I would think about is again, health is not, health is not just working out. Health is not just eating healthy. It's about being back in our body. So for me, that's also like what has helped me be back in my body and then doing a lot of the energy work with Reiki and getting more into spirituality, you realize that either that's going to the beach or for me, it's massage therapy that helps me ground. So finding my different ways of healing that help me ground um, instead of being in my head all the time and, and dancing and going back into my artist life that's been yeah part of the different habits that I've kept to make myself feel grounded amazing um I think so it's so funny so part of the what we're so I'm working on an emotional curriculum um to teach medical students about um emotions and how to um embody things and so we actually just named it it's like the, the curriculum embody so I'm like really excited to like that oh wow it came up and that reminded me of it um but I think that also um 
there are multiple doors. I feel like it's like a circle of doors and in the middle is your awareness. Mm. And it doesn't matter what door you go in as long as you enter and having awareness of yourself Mm. is what's going to let you know how valuable you are. Mm. Um, And so like multiple ways in, I mean, like meditation, there's yoga, there's dance, any form of dance, um, music. Um, so if you've seen like soul, it's like when people go into that space where they're like in, you know, in that movie, anything that transports you and makes you very aware of who you are as a person. And sometimes that door happens to be loss, a significant loss and trauma but that door is opening you up to awareness that you didn't know. And slowly it will build to a life of self-love. And yeah, and very similar to Bernie, all of those things, all of those resources. I'm like fond of Brene Brown and that's kind of my thing. But um, I do think like there's, you know, I love listening to like, um, lots of like very spiritual songs in the sense of like, they just tell you how amazing you are and all these things. So I would just continue listening to that and just reminding yourself that what you listen to and what you take in from your environment is really important because that's what you're going to think about when fear comes in and takes over. Like when the limbic system is activated, um, the messages that you're taking in are what's going to come up first because that was what feeds your fear. Um, So just being very aware of yourself and, and standing in that awareness. Um, and growing. Um, once you realize who you are, you kind of get addicted to the growth process and wanting to um, continue learning more and more about who you are. Um, so yeah, those are my two cents into that. <laughs> yes. And it just reminds me of like, it just is, I, it, it, it's just mind blowing because our current medical system runs on the sympathetic nervous flight or fight response. Like it's, it's based on this like urgency and this need to always, you know, be fear-based and respond to trauma and da, da, da. And there is like, there is so much research out there that talks about how when we activate our healing, and that's why at Freedom Community Clinic, our thing is really healing is justice, healing is resistance, healing is freedom. Because when a system like the current medical education system, like exhausts you and it talks to you, talks down to you. It like constantly puts you in these different situations of fear. Like you have the next test, you have the next boards exam, you have the next evaluation from like, you are constantly just like in this, like, like you feel emotionally, like you can't move, you can't be your full self. And, um, that, that prevents you from accessing that awareness that Nicole is talking about. And that's why, um, yeah, thankfully within, you know, within my journey have met different people who have pointed out to me, like this needs to be a priority because otherwise the system's going to take that away from you. And that's exactly what they want. Like, that's what they want. And even in justice work, like I would be out on the streets, we'd be protesting. I'd be exhausted. I'd be like, that's what they want. They don't want to see you rested. They don't want to see you healed. They don't want to see none of that because they know when you access that, you become your most creative, loving self. And that is a complete antithesis to exploitative capitalism. So 
that's been the yeah to be able to come to this thing of, of course I'm not my 100 self every single day but I do know what it means to come back to that I've seen glimpses of that and it's grown even more over the past few years and I just yeah like Nicole said it's addicting because like you realize how much you're capable of and how how much of this external world tried to define you but actually you define yourself and that's like that's the journey that we create for ourselves yeah yeah And, you know, as you're going through this journey, I think one thing that I've learned this year is that, you know, one of the, like the, there are many blessings of being a doctor um, and, and being in these moments with patients. Um, But one of them is that you're in a career of relationship building and relationships are actually ways for you to get to know yourself better and you will be triggered. And those triggers and those ways that that happens are gifts um if you can hold it that way and it doesn't always feel like a gift and sometimes it takes years for it to feel like a gift but um yeah the idea that like these are moments where you're you can grow um if you are creating an atmosphere for yourself an environment that brings your awareness and takes you out of the system for just long enough for you to be able to heal like bernie says um and so moving on to the last couple of questions, lots of people want to know how they can make an FCC near where they are, how they can do community um, healing, community building, um, like wh- what kind of what knowledge do you have to share around making something like that happen? Yeah, I'm so excited for this question. Um because I was like, I feel like we weren't ready to answer this a couple months ago, but now it's, you know, I feel like different people, the universe always aligned. Um, So first thing is actually, we're having super exciting news that within the next couple of months, we'll actually um, launch something that creates a national network that provides um, community scale for, whole person healing around the country. And that's gonna be super awesome. That's a long-term development. Um, but in terms of, you know, the process of starting FCC, like I'm not from, I'm not from the Bay, I'm from LA. And when I came to the Bay, I was like, I will make sure that I talk to community members because that has been my intention from the very beginning to really learn and heal with community. So the relationships um, that have, formed with um, Freedom Community Clinic and the community. We started two years ago, but I was sitting down, having coffee, going to youth groups from day one of medical school. Like I was so um, adamant about like, we, I need to get out of the ivory tower. I need to get out of the classroom because I know that true health is really like where the young people are. I see Hamida here. Hamida knows. <laughs> I would literally, I would go to med school. We would be learning about the fucking spleen or whatever one day. And then I would, after school, then we would, I would be going to downtown Oakland and basically just like listening in on the Bonte Stray or Asian Health Services Youth Program and just getting to know like, what's the vibe? Like who's, who's in the community really doing the work around the topics I loved. And for me, it was really about youth and holistic healing and, and young people. Um, so, and then from there, I just really got to know 
the community and, and saw the community needs and, and what were the things I was noticing and what was my unique role. And my unique role was I had access to the institution and then also like I had a lot of community relationships. So the process of forming FCC for me is really like utilizing that privilege um, in the university with the MD to bring all of those resources that the universities have stolen from our communities through different ways and diverting it back to the people. So I would create programs um, during the summer when we had summers, like I wouldn't, I would integrate some, some like research funds into making sure like it was an actual youth program. And um, from there, it was realized that like Freedom Community Clinic was born out of so many of the different conversations I had. And they gathered together again, people from around the community and brought different people together in unique dialogue. So I would say like the first thing really about starting something, anything like FCC, it takes a lot of, like Nicole was saying, like relationship building. Like it's not gonna be like 15 minute visits. Like it's gonna be like two hours, three hours, like, and you're gonna be a stranger and people are gonna be like, who are you? but it's really about building that relationship. It takes months, it takes years. And then um, in terms of like building that network, we can talk about that. Y'all should just email us <laughs> for sure on FC's on freedomcommunityclinic.org about organizing that within your city. But in the Bay, like there are, this is like, there's so much history with the Panthers and with all of the revolutionaries who came here. Like they were creating their own programs outside of the, current institutions. So there were so many people who they had never, they were massage therapists or healers in their own way, but had never, you know, connected with each other or had never connected with the medical system because medicine invalidates so many of those medicines. And it was my role to bring everyone together um, and make sure that the opportunities were bringing back to the community. So lots of relationship building. And if you want specifics, I'm so down to help. Like it's going to be super awesome. I believe in hyper-local um, movement making. So let's do it. So I think the next couple of questions that I have, so a couple will be on community and the rest will be kind of personal questions. Um, so how were, different were your interactions with patients in the hospital versus the ones that you're making at your community health clinic? Well, there are this, no, the patients are, people are people, bruh. They, they're just, people want to be heard. They want to be loved. They want to be felt in respectfully, you know, in respectful ways and also emotional ways. Um, I can't do that in the hospital because, they just be like blood tests, imaging, da, da, da. And even now I feel like the physical exam is such a performative thing. Um, and every, but what the commonality is that everyone wants to be heard and validated and seen. Um, and it's the reality is that in the environment as a hospital, that's just not possible in, in relational and intimate ways. How has um, founding FCC changed your definition of community? Healing is a, healing is so joyful. Like it's such a turn up, y'all. Like I, I was like, if you're in the Bay, like come to our sanctuary, feel our art, feel the energy. Like it's alive. Community is alive. 
it is it is joyful it is um and it's so like adaptable I think um going into med school and all these institutions you're like okay I have to have this checklist I have to do this by this date and the beauty of organizing is that the beauty of organizing and creating a life outside and reimagining a life outside of this capitalist system is that like there are inhales and exhales like periods of rest are beautiful because they allow you to get the most creative ideas for your next period of doing creative organizing. I would have never imagined that we would have these different locations. And I can tell y'all like, I'm the most rested I've ever been. <laughs> like I'm, a, I, even last year, like I was so exhausted and I would, I would keep thinking like, oh, we have to fill out this grant. We have to do this. We have to do this. But sometimes now this year I was like, no, like I'm tired, I'm exhausted. <laughs> or like, no, like it just doesn't feel right. This person doesn't feel right. This org doesn't feel right. And I would really respect that intuition. Even when my other response would be like, oh no, we have to do it or you're gonna lose it. But um, I realized community is about flowing with, with the energy of the space. Does, do people feel tired in the space? Do people feel like organizing is a chore? And if we ever feel that way, then we stop and we rest and we reevaluate. And I feel like it's an organic process, um, which has been so different from previous organizing and even organizing in the institution. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so great. And like the joy in community, right? I think that's what we forget when we're in medical school and all we're taught is like pathologizing communities. And so I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice for pre-meds, med students who want to explore medicine, but in creative spaces? So storytelling, making podcasts, things like that. Any advice that you have for people? Yeah. It's like, um, do you, like when you say medicine, do you want to, do you want to further, yeah, do these things. Everything you're doing is medicine, basically. And these institutions like the hospitals, they don't know how to integrate that. And, um, you know, there have been attempts like narrative medicine and all that stuff. But I feel like, I feel like, I don't know how to, I was like, maybe you can also chime in on this too, Nicole, but I feel like Hmm. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, it's different. Like your exploration with your healing, like that is already medicine. You don't need the medical institution to validate that for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, maybe the idea that art is healing on its own and doesn't need an explanation behind it. And so therefore providing the opportunities for art is enough in itself in above itself without having to have any validation of medicine, medical student, pre-medicine, any of those things attached to it. Yeah. And maybe like you, maybe you can't find it in medicine because you're the person that needs to connect that. I was like, I really, I can't find, I was like, mm, I feel like the narrative medicine peaks at like communities be a little apolitical for me. So I feel like <laughs> I can't really recommend too many good narrative medicine 
places or food as medicine. Yeah, you know, I was like, I feel like a lot of them are still so focused on like um, the individual rather than how is individual related to the community type thing. So all of y'all are this on the call listeners, please create those connections for us because we need it. Medicine needs it, please. We sure do. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So last question for the, that came in, I think kind of the bigger picture questions that we have. So if people have questions that maybe we haven't answered, go ahead and maybe put them in the chat and we can maybe do a quick fire at the end if they're like, yes or no questions. Um, so last question is what are your future plans for the next year, maybe five years? What do you have planned for yourself? Um, so I was like, that's funny. Cause I really feel like even last year, I wouldn't know we would be here. So I'm, I've always put intentions, but I'm also open to the surprises of the universe of whatever is, whatever comes. So, um, planning to graduate medical school in May, 2022 and super excited to pursue, ideally pursue Freedom Community Clinic full-time. Um, I can definitely tell y'all that our budget is in no way like a FQHC. Again, we, last year at this time, we were going out of car trunks and garages. So while, um, and it's been incredible to see the growth. And so ideally, it's really working towards having that full time and where, it, where I'm able to, yeah, facilitate that healing movement um, in based in Oakland, but we're really expanding to different areas in very unique ways. And so I see that really being my primary focus within yeah the next couple of years to create different centers where we're also partnering with different hospital systems and clinic systems. Hilarious, y'all. Like what? <laughs> like they're partnering with us to be the holistic healing, community healing partner. Now we have beautiful income going to our community healers. So basically navigating all of that and um, continuing to build on this framework, medicine loves frameworks. Here's another framework for y'all. This framework of whole person healing. And what does it mean for like mind, body, spirit, soul? Like this ain't, you know, and it's, and how do we, have that be an embodied experience. And so, um, yeah, I feel like that's honestly within the next couple of years, I don't have too much for 10, 20. Yeah. I don't really do that anymore. I was like, that's a lot. That's very capitalistic. I was like, I, we just go with it. I, I wish for myself and my future self that I obtain lots of rest that I'm able to travel and joyfully be on islands and, take off months at a time. And I also dream for myself that, yeah, I'm able to do a lot of really other cool projects. I've been meaning to go back into music. I'm a pianist and an organist and been meaning to do lots of other fun things. I'm like trying to have fun in this lifetime. For me, this is my last, for my soul, I was like, only some people will get this, but for my soul, this is my last time on this earth. And so we're going out with a bang creating new beautiful projects um, towards that whole person healing framework. Um, so you can see Freedom Community Clinic. I mean, right now we have sanctuaries, but I see it, you know, with libraries and schools and farms and 
like y'all said, food is healing, all that is healing. We're going to normalize that and make that into the dominant consciousness that this is healing. A community medical school in the future, probably Nicole running it, you know, like <laughs> all of that stuff, creating all these different beautiful things and these different connections that, um, yeah, truly have people know that healing is beyond our hospitals now. Like this medical framework is no longer, can no longer be the dominant narrative. So you have some uh, questions um, about mentorship and how, um, yeah. Can you talk about the role of mentorship in your journey and self-learning? How did you identify mentors who you felt you could um, safely express your reservations and still keep their support? I have had, yeah, lots of, I'm, I'm going to say the one ultimate mentor who's been by my side from the very beginning is on this call. <laughs> Monica Hahn has been amazing and shout out. So appreciative. I remember, I think Monica was like the only faculty member I told in January that I would not go to residency. Um, and I just didn't tell anyone else because I feel like they would try to convince me otherwise. Um, that being said, I feel like, I feel like I honestly had to trust in myself. I was like, um, and I think this is something I've uh, been, yeah, been trying to think about because I was like, oh, I have these different interests. No one I know is doing what I want to do. And that's why you're doing it. I'm like, as I meditate, I was like, that's why you're doing it. Um, but I feel like in terms of mentorship, there really hasn't been, you know, too many aside from Monica who have really like, who have really felt super 100% comfortable who, and, you know, cause I feel like a lot of people in medicine always have this paternalistic, like, okay, do what I did. Um, type thing. And I feel like it's always dependent on the person. I'm, there are lots of amazing people out there. And I think for people who have multiple interests, who want to do wild things and revolutionary things in their institution, a lot of that you're not going to see. And a lot of, you're not going to find an example because you're the one to do it. And the mentorship is actually cultivating that relationship with yourself, to trust yourself, to make those decisions in your career, in your life journey, to do what you do, because that's what your intuition is telling you. That's what your body's telling you. So be your own mentor. Like I would talk in my meditations to like future Bernie during step one, when I was, I was, that was such a struggle. I was like, future Bernie, I don't know what we're going to do. Like, this is hard. It's a lot, but I would, we would talk. And now that I'm, uh, I was like, I had this realization when um, I had, when we had our grand opening and I'm like, oh, wow. Like I am that future Bernie who had talked to myself months ago. This is gonna sound very meta for people, but it's like, just stay with me a little bit. Like the person I am today, like Bernie on September 30th, like I was talking to my, my younger self during those moments of doubt. And when I was so fearful that I couldn't make it, like I'm that person and I'm, and I'm still talking to my future Bernie. So it's like, you are your own mentor in that way. You know, that's going to be really meta, but it, I swear it works. 
Yeah. Just to add to the mentoring thing too, is the idea that um, mentoring is very much like the hierarchy of medicine still. Mm -hmm. And the more students that we get that don't have that type of mentoring idea, um, the more it becomes like a family, right? So mentoring for lots, for me growing up meant like I go to my, you know, neighbor to learn how to cook. And then I go to my other neighbor to learn how to read and I'll go to my other neighbor. It's a community effort. Um, and no one is teaching anyone anything specifically. We're all benefiting from the presence of one another. Um, and so to kind of get rid of that structure of mentoring that currently exists so that this becomes a more holistic and ethical place for all students that are joining um, medicine. Um, and so I think you, you've answered a lot of the questions from before. Um, so, um, board and step exams in med school, do you have to take those? Finishing step two, I think it depends on your institution. Past step one, finally, guys, past step two, taking in a couple of days. Let's do this. Um, and then some <laughs> mentors outside of medicine. Oh my God, everyone, bruh, everyone outside the medicine that has helped validate, um, you know, they just really like, I would tell them some of the shit that I would encounter in the hospital and they'd be like, that's not right. And I'm like, you're right. Uh, you know, like we do need the help of su the support of our community. So um, yeah, so many organizers, all of our team, um, all of our team at FCC and we have an amazing mix of like young people and elders. Oh my God, it's so great. Cause we really like mentor each other um, in different ways. So yeah, again, to that, you know, bi-directional, multi-directional mentorship. Um, that's been so beautiful. They've helped me become so grounded in, again, my intention, like it all goes back to the intention to heal for and with communities. Um, and they would be like, Bernie, you don't, you're like, you look tired today because you've been working for how many hours? Like, that's not okay. You need someone to be real with you. And that was, yeah, that was mentors, community outside of medicine. Whereas people in medicine would be like, that's just how it is. Like, what? That's so messed up. <laughs> like, how are you going to do that? You can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. So playing, so Time is sacred. We're at 6.13, two questions left. Is that okay for everyone on the call to continue? Yes, yes. Okay, all right. Um, so do you know if Native American communities and institutions like the Indian Health Service have initiatives for holistic and whole person healing? Um, I am not completely sure, but I, I doubt that they're being given at the rate of which they should be compensated and or done. Cause I haven't, I haven't seen it. I have seen some systems integrate acupuncture um, and some spiritual cleansing, but hmm, like Clinica de la Raza in Oakland does a lot of that stuff, but hmm, there are still these like bureaucratic ways that like the medical system just like fucks fucks up the intimacy of it. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. So we still need more people doing this work, especially if you um, identify as that. Awesome. And then what do you do when and if you're getting pushback from an institution? What have you done in the past, Bernie? <laughs> I'm like, the Nicole, question. what have you done? <laughs> we leave. <laughs> 
we say, I deserve better, we leave. <laughs> and or we keep doing what we're doing. Like, please do not let these institutions silence you. Like, and if they are, is it worth it? And to what extent? That depends for every single person, you know? Um, but for me, I was like, I had so many different things during my clinical year where I was getting so much pushback. People were like, oh, that's a cute idea. Um, yeah, I, we would, I always talk about how when Nicole and I founded the Freedom School for Intersectional Medicine and Health Justice, and even with the Freedom Community Clinic, like I would talk, we're like, oh, we're going to start this. They're like, oh, that's cute. And then like we launch it, it goes wild. Then they want to sponsor it. Then they want to be partners. I'm like, oh, y'all are really like that. Like that's wild. Um, so yeah, we know, you know, we know them. We know their game. It's all about staying true to you and doing, doing what you got to do to keep yourself alive to, because this work needs you alive. Like I was telling this to a friend in prime today. I was like, the revolution needs you alive and it needs you joyful and in tune with the work that makes you feel good. Like living this life is supposed to feel like, you know, like there's that energy, like there's that aliveness when you do what you love. Um, and it's not without difficulty, but it's knowing that that is our birthright to access that. And, and it might feel small and slow in the beginning, but I swear like continuing to come in, continuing to commit to that journey feels like I've, I've reached joys and happiness and peace in, in levels I could have never experienced because of being um, committed to myself and knowing what I deserve and knowing what I'm worthy of um, and trusting in that intuition and in what makes me feel alive. Thank you, Bernie. Thank you for sharing wisdom with us. Thank you for everyone who's here, who sent in questions. I'm really so grateful um, for the community that was created today, for your vulnerability and your questions, um, for, you know, even your affirmations, for just being here. Um, appreciate you. Uh, any last thoughts, Bernie? We'll see y'all in the streets. Visit our sanctuary if you're in the Bay. Continue love to y'all. Um, continue to rest. And thank you so much for supporting us. Really appreciate it. Shout out to the bestie, Nicole, for <laughs> curating this last minute. And thank y'all for, for really reaching out and asking the deeper questions. That's, that's really what this world needs. And I wish that for all of you to um, bask in that aliveness that this world has to offer. Thanks, y'all. Thank you, everybody. Should we play some music? I was like, I have Prince Royce.
you. Yeah, no, thank you. That was really